the opera itself started not with my initiative, but that of the the artistic director of the Cork Midsummer's Festival, uh, William Galinsky, in 2007. And he approached Patrick Dickey, who I think at that time was the co-artistic director of the English National Opera and who had produced my second opera, Thwaite, uh, about the possibility of finding somebody who would be willing and interested in, in handling the material of the Air India 182 bombing. But what was particularly interesting was that uh, William Galinsky came to the project from the perspective of the Cork response to the people and families who arrived in Cork in the weeks following the bombing of the Air India Flight 182. It was at that particular point in time that I joined the project very early on and uh, saw it over those uh, unfolding years thereafter uh, gradually change both in terms of its scale but also I think significantly in terms of the the Irish team that had coalesced around this idea of creating a music theatre operatic response to this event, uh, recognising very clearly that this event was far from historical. It was very present. It continues to this day to be an extraordinary uh, present uh, and, and involving question, and it is ultimately something which has gone to the core of Canadian society and history, more so really than anywhere else, in terms of the impact it has had and the questions it asks. What started as being a a very welcome invite to work on a large-scale operatic project has gradually over the years developed into something very personal, very important uh, and meaningful in understanding the nature of how we as humans embrace those who might be grievable and how we parse out one group of society or one people or one ethnicity over another for uh, for our relative willingness to engage in that mourning or in that grieving. last seven years I have spent uh, a lot of time here in Canada where I am now meeting people uh, engaging with the very Canadian nature uh, of what I would almost call the Air India Flight 182 problem and I think that most Irish people only in the last number of years uh, will have begun to recognize that uh, even if they know of Air India Flight 182, even even to this day, it's not a very widely known event. It's not one that people are able to speak of with a great deal of depth. And that also has been really important and that this is an incredibly important aspect of Irish history. And sort of drawing that to the forefront as well in this work has been another component of the attraction of the work to me. There's no doubt that any um, aesthetic response to such an event requires utmost sensitivity and uh, awareness that uh, for many people this uh, event is still uh, resonant in their lives and has a daily meaning to them. The fact that I was doing this ultimately with Canadian co-producers and uh, premiering it here in Canada 
was of course in itself something which is a layer of responsibility because you're really you're speaking not just to an audience who are interested in this from a historical perspective but but you're dealing with families who live here who are alive who are who are dealing with this, uh, throughout so that's it's far more than a historical event What has really come to the forefront uh, in my years of delving into the story um, and into the questions and the complexity of it is the, 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 the ownership, the sort of both the intellectual and historical ownership of the subject matter, but, uh, and this really can only, I think, emerge over time, is as you become more and more aware of how uh, sensitive this story is to Canadian society, how it has uh, opened up these enormous questions about how Canadian society embraces uh, its many different types of citizens and those who are of many different uh, ethnic origins, uh, how there is this uh, this sense of uh, being displaced when one's own country does not avail of the opportunity of publicly acknowledging the identity, the Can- in this case the Canadian identity, of those who were who were murdered there is a, an incredible need to be able to embrace appropriately uh, the questions surrounding air india flight 182 and that has ultimately led to my in fact discarding a great deal of the work that I had originally written with a number of uh, other uh, prior collaborators, uh, notably um, the uh, fantastic theatre writer Michael West. Um, and, and we worked for many years on a version of this uh, approach, which ultimately, I think, uh, failed. Uh, and that then led me to uh, a, a, a start a new project uh, with uh, a new librettist um, and uh, with a turning point ensemble here in Canada, uh, which has been an incredibly satisfying experience in the sense that it so fully manages, I think, to find that balance of not in any way diminishing the materials, the historical uh, and the current living nature uh, of this event in people's lives by uh, working with a poet who had, who had in fact lost two of her uh, family members, her uncle and aunt, uh, and this uh, person was René Saragini Saklikar. title of this work is Air India Redacted. Um, and the title comes, in fact, from the book that Reni Sarojini Saklikar has written. And that, that is a book of poetry called Children of Air India. And Children of Air India, uh, which was uh, um, published in early 2013, I think, is uh, this extraordinary book which manages to, to place a fine balance between the uh, presentation of factual evidence of 
history. It uses a lot of archival material, and so the archive is dealt with uh, in, in, in many, many different ways. And one of the uh, aspects of the archive that René Saclicar has uh, embraced quite a lot is this concept of redaction. And so throughout the Book of Poetry, uh, each poem, or very many of the poems, are in part redacted. The names of, uh, obviously the names of uh, families, of people, um, sometimes place names, uh, are are redacted out from the uh, um, either either actually through text where it says name redacted, uh, or in fact through the black uh, highlighting that one would see in legal documents. And so uh, Rene's process itself has been a form of redaction in which she creates work, uh, and she is very active in, in in actually redacting herself. And as a result, when we met. Uh, and I explained to her my own personal uh, redaction, uh, which involved the uh, putting to one side, I guess forever, the 40-odd minutes of orchestral score that I had uh, created uh, for the project to that date. There was an, in- an instant sense that we both shared uh, an understanding of the difficulty that the subject matter placed on the artistic process. And secondly, the understanding of, of the willingness that, that, that one needed to sort of have to understand that sometimes the the manner in which which one uh, uh, proceeds artistically is uh, something that needs to be reflected upon and it needs to be a uh, 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 rethought haven't engaged with every single poem that is in the book, but I've had to find my own pathway through the book. And so uh, I assembled a series of the very finely documented pathways that René Saclicar had created over the, the last number of years in her readings and parsed out a pathway that I felt could work uh, dramaturgically in the context of the temporal unfolding of music. And that really was one of the sort of the the challenges was to find a way of uh, doing that transformation from one medium into another. Uh, as a result, the work uh, maintains some of the structural through line that is uh, evident in, in René's book, but it also takes into account the fact that there is something uh, tangibly and experientially different about a poem uh, as opposed to a work of music. It's been a while since I've written the work um, for for uh, sort of the music theatre for, for for opera, uh, and it's it's nice to be to be doing it again. Um, in this case, it's uh, it's particularly an, uh, wonderful to be working with the ensemble here in Vancouver, the Turning Point Ensemble, uh, which is led and conducted by uh, Owen Underhill, is really one of uh, um, Canada's uh, premier contemporary music uh, um, ensembles with an exceptional cast of uh, um, very fine musicians. It's the direction, which is by Irish director Tom Creed, uh, and with um, video by Irish video artist John Galvin. Uh, Tom is 
uh, originally from Cork and John is from Limerick. So we're, we're sort of a, a, a team of people uh, which is really spanning the ocean. And uh, it is interesting, I think, also for people in Canada to find that this uh, Irish project, which started as an Irish project, this, but, but which has a, a very significant Irish uh, a creative uh, component in terms of its team, um, is is working uh, in this very sort of in-depth way with, with this uh, story which uh, is uh, ultimately an Irish story as well but something which uh, for many people that perspective from Canada from a Canadian perspective of what happened in Ireland and how in fact the Irish embraced so wonderfully and eloquently and continue to embrace in a, a very living way uh, uh, the the the, the memories of those who died. It's very, very poignant, I think, and I hope that uh, this sort of meditation that we've created is something which is a collaboration between two countries uh, uh, who are both very central to this story. Until the world ends And us And everything we do not become Forget most satisfying thing is to actually have watched over the past number of months uh, and the, the creative team sort of come together uh, and and really cre- make this work and, and to experience the, the orchestra, uh, the ensemble and the singers and the artists involved and of course the many people who in fact are creatively involved and practically involved in making this work happen um, it, that is that has been the, that has been for me the most moving aspect uh, of of this uh, process in that uh, it's really a, pro- a project which I think for many years I was always unsure whether it was going to happen I felt that there was a need for it to happen and I think that there were a number of collaborators most notably and I really have to state uh, stress this is it was was Owen Underhill uh, um, from the Turning Point Ensemble who also really felt that there was a, a light at the end of this long journey in which we could find a, 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 a way of, of delving into into this work. <laughs> <laughs>